Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Ah, welcome back, college football bettors. This is Freddie Wills back for another uh, podcast as we break down some of the bowl games, bowl previews 7 through 10. Uh, we're off to a 2-2 two and two against the spread start, but more importantly, hit on my max play of the day, which I, I, I looked it up and I was actually even shocked. 29-4 and four against the spread on max plays for college football in the month of December. Um, I, it continued on Saturday as Middle Tennessee plus 3.5 cashed as they won outright over Arkansas State. And we'll look to continue that this week. Uh, one of these bowl games, I, I'm sus- I'm suspecting that I'll have a max play of the day. I already leaning one way, but uh, still some more work to do. Uh, this is just a general preview as we break down the matchup, you know, location, weather, conferences, head-to-head motivation, and uh, a little bit of the X's and O's. I obviously will go deeper on the X's and O's. But uh, let's get it started. Before we do, uh, make sure you head on over to freddywills.com. Bowl package is up. You can still get the rest of my bowl plays for just $59.99. Uh, very reasonable price. And uh, I've had seven of eight winning bowl seasons in my career, this being my ninth career year. And uh, we've pretty much lit it up for uh, college football in the month of December. A lot of trends over at freddywills.com. You can see all my plays dating back to 2009, uh, time-stamped, archived with my analysis. Every play comes with a full depth analysis. And uh, all my plays are released one minute uh, after the game starts. So uh, integrity is not an issue. That's my number one priority. And uh, those of you that have been listening to me and following me for years, you know that that's true. And uh, I definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. So I, I had wanting to break down more games today, but unfortunately a uh, bit of a sore throat. So it's uh, I'm going to try to get through as much as I could today and uh, four is the lucky number. So we're going to start with the Frisco Bowl uh, on SMU versus Louisiana Tech that uh, plays on Wednesday. SMU about a four-point favorite. The over-under is 70 points. Uh, this, this location definitely favors SMU here with the game being played at Toyota Stadium in Texas. And the weather's looking ideal. No precipitation, 7-mile-per-hour wind, so it's not really going to impact the uh, the way these teams uh, game plan for this game. As far as conferences go, we, you know, we have SMU out of the American Athletic, while Louisiana Tech is out of Conference USA. And uh, American Athletic has yet to play a game, while Conference USA has already played four bowl games, going two and two straight up and uh, and against the spread, with uh, Marshall and Middle Tennessee pulling out outright upset as dogs. And uh, American Athletic, obviously been around since 2013, and uh, it's a mixture of the Big East, and and some of the teams actually came from Conference USA. So um, overall, I don't think there's a huge difference in talent. Uh, you give the edge to American Athletic, and you know they've gone 15 and 12 against Conference USA, outscoring them by uh, 9.2 points per game. But they have gone 0 and 4 in bowl games. Has the American Athletic? Maybe they're not as excited to be playing a Conference USA team, uh, you know, because obviously some teams in this conference consider themselves Power Five teams, even though they're not in 
in those in, in any of the Power Five conferences. Uh, so definitely something to consider here um, when you're looking at the bowl, bowl teams, and, and that would favor Louisiana Tech, obviously. When we look at coaching, SMU is in a weird situation that I, I honestly I can't remember that you know they're going to be without their head coach Chad Morris, who went on to Arkansas. They have hired Sony Dykes to replace him. Uh, the weird decision is that we don't typically see is Dykes is actually going to be coaching right away. Uh, the good thing is he's not going to alter the game plan. The offensive and defensive coordinators will still call the shots on both sides of the balls, which is a good thing. Um, I, I still think it makes it a little bit more difficult to handicap if you like SMU. If you like Louisiana Tech, uh, I think that will only benefit you that Dykes is going to be the guy because he really doesn't know this team that well yet. And um, we know Dykes, uh, he actually coached Louisiana Tech from 2010 to 2012. So a little interesting uh, situation here. For, S, uh, for Louisiana Tech, Skip Holtz, Clearly, in my opinion, has the coaching edge here with uh, the plain fact that he knows his players while Dykes is still getting to know his players. Holtz also 5-3 and three in bowl games, including uh, four wins in a row. I think he's, gone, uh, he's won all bowl games at Louisiana Tech. He even beat a good Clemson team in 2013 when he was at South Florida. In uh, in the year before that, or the bowl before that, he only lost to South Florida by three. or I'm sorry, only lost to Arkansas by three in 2009. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that he's not up for bigger and better jobs. And uh, I think maybe in the near future he will be. I know this was a little bit of a down year for Louisiana Tech. Uh, but worth noting is they lost three games by one point each. So this Louisiana Tech team is, is better than the record of six and six shows. We see SMU, and, and we know SMU is getting a lot of hype because of their offense. Uh, let's take a little bit of uh, a look at the X's and O's. SMU. Obviously, a great offensive team, ranking 15th overall in yards per play. And uh, really, they're a balanced offense. They can do it on the ground and through the air, the air, ranking 16th in passing yards, 45th in rushing yards. And by far, this is the best offense that Louisiana Tech has faced all year. Maybe outside Mississippi State, who they faced earlier in the year and gave up 57 points. The only two opponents they faced in the top 50 in yards per play uh, they actually gave up 34 and 48 points. So uh, Louisiana Tech, who uh, is more of a is is better known for their defense this year, at least. Uh, I don't think they're that strong defensively. They really haven't faced a lot of good defense uh, offenses. Uh, so I'd be worried if you're if you're also leaning towards Louisiana Tech. I could see them giving up a lot of points here, uh, given what I just said. And, uh, you know, it's worth noting that the defenses SMU plays in the American Athletic were, you know, were not very good. And, and really, when we look at their schedule, they've played just three teams that are in the top 85 uh, in yards per play defense. So, again, SMU played a weak uh, schedule defensively. Um, so it, but when we look at the three teams that they played that were in the top 50, um, they still were putting up points. They put up 36 against TCU. They put up 44 against Arkansas State. Uh, unfortunately, they only put up 22 on the road at Houston. Uh, but Houston has arguably the best defensive player in the country in Ed Oliver and that defensive line. Uh, Louisiana Tech doesn't have a player like that. For Louisiana Tech, uh, let's look at their offense. They they come in ranking um, – I'm sorry, we're, we're talking more about their defense. Uh, obviously, Louisiana Tech does not have the type of defense that Houston had. Uh, they rank 77th in yards per play allowed – 
It's you know, it's obviously a lot better than uh, SMU's defense, which falls at 123rd in yards per play allowed. So again, Louisiana Tech's offense is going to get a break here playing SMU's defense. However, I will point out that they have by far faced a weaker schedule in terms of offenses faced, as we mentioned, an average opponent rank of number 74. Meanwhile, SMU's defense faced an average offensive opponent rank of 45. Um, You know, they gave up 30 plus points in eight of their 11 games, but I do think this defense is better than they have shown on paper, which again, you know, I, I, I mentioned reasons to back Louisiana Tech, particularly with the coaching staff and the conference and maybe the American athletic not being as excited to get here. Um, and obviously SMU's defense, but uh, SMU's defense will come to play at times. SMU's defense held UCF to 31 points earlier this year, just to put things in perspective. Uh, UCF's def- uh, offense ranked number two in yards per play. Uh, so they can definitely hold opponents down. Will they be jacked up to play in this bowl game to do so? I don't know. Um, overall, both defenses have weaknesses. Louisiana Tech against the pass, ranking 80th in the nation. And, uh, you know, uh, that really falls into the strengths of what SMU wants to do here with their sophomore quarterback, Ben Hicks, 32 passing touchdowns, only nine interceptions on the year. He's got two outstanding wide receivers to throw to in Trey Quinn and Cortland Sutton, each over 1,000 yards receiving. You know, I think there's value here with SMU with a total of 70, uh, you know, a lot of variance there with a a high total uh, and only being favored by four points. And, and, and as I mentioned, I don't think their defense is is as bad as uh, what's on paper, uh, particularly you look at that Central Florida game, which I want to kind of go back and look at uh, before I play anything in this game. Uh, I, I doubt I'll be on SMU just for the mere fact that Sony Dykes will be on the sidelines. And Skip Holtz has done a really good job of preparing in bowl games. I'm really more interested in the total. Uh, even at 70, I like the over. But again, I want to go back and look at that Central Florida game for SMU. And I also want to see what Skip Holtz has done in bowl games with high totals. So a little more work to do there, but uh, I will surely have a play in that bowl game. Next bowl on the list uh, is the, uh, this is a hell of a bowl game name, uh, Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Um, Very interesting. Uh, Temple and Florida International. Temple, a seven, seven and a half point favorite with a total of 56. Uh, this one's going to be played in uh, at Tropicana Field in St. Per- uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. You know, obviously favoring FIU. Uh, you know, the last time they were in, in this bowl game, uh, there was 20,000 uh, fans in, in the stands. So, um, but in recent years, this venue has had a hard time getting a ton of fans. Um, even Miami could not draw over uh, 20,000 in recent years. So, um, and they couldn't draw 16,000 last year with Mississippi State. So I don't think that, you know, home field advantage – I don't think there will be a home field advantage for FIU or anything like that in this game. Uh, for conferences head-to-head, uh, we got the American Athletic Burst Conference USA again here, uh, which we, we just talked about. The AAC went 4-2 and two this year. Um, you know, FIU defeated Tulane uh, out of the American Athletic, so they beat a lower-ranked American Athletic team. Um, but they lost to Central Florida 61-17, to uh, to put that in perspective. So uh, FIU, 1-1 one one against American Athletic. But again, as I mentioned, Conference USA, 4-0 versus the American Athletic in bowl games. Coaching perspective, 
We got Butch Davis making his return to coaching ranks here with FIU. Did a phenomenal job turning this this team around in just one year. Uh, this is an experienced group of players, especially on defense. So I think uh, Davis is is going to have a rough go of it maybe next year. Uh, but Davis here five and two in bowl games. Uh, you know from his time at Miami and North Carolina, definitely uh, experienced edge. Uh, when you compare that against Temple's young coach, Jeff Collins, who uh, was the defensive coordinator previously at Florida. So uh, no stranger to the state of Florida for this bowl game. Uh, when we look at the X's and O's, uh, Temple, surprisingly, was not as good in the trenches this year, ranking 118th in adjusted line yards on their offensive line. And uh, they actually ranked 84th in rushing yards allowed. Uh, their offense really started to get better down the stretch when they switched uh, quarterbacks to Frank Newtile, uh as they won three of their last four games to get here. They, I mean, their last four games, they scored 34, 35, 19, and 43 points. I think the 19 came against Central Florida, a uh, very good defense. So, um, you know, the offense better than what their season stats show. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they were not a balanced offense, uh, ranking 100th in rushing yards. Uh, they do have some good receivers for Newtile to throw to, so I think they'll be able to score in this game. Um, I think they're up in this game. They could have trouble putting FIU away, leading to a backdoor cover for FIU, so I'm not sure what route I'm going to take in this game. I may see what the line does. Uh, the good thing for them is FIU's weakness is the pass defense. FIU ranks 94th in yards allowed uh, passing, uh, but they also struggled against the run in 79th, so I think Temple can – do what they did uh, in each of the three of the last four games, score over 30 points. Now, can Temple's defense show up and shut down FIU? That's the question. FIU's offense, pretty balanced. Uh, and, and they have an experienced quarterback in senior Alex Magoo, uh, 17 touchdowns, 8 interception, 57th in passing yards per game, 64th in rushing yards per game. Uh, nothing amazing, but uh, very, very balanced. Uh, we'll have to look more at that strength of schedule to see uh, we can look behind uh, we, and read between those lines. Uh, their top two receivers, also seniors, FIU did run the ball 55% of the time, which uh, favors their ability to move the ball in this game. As, again, I mentioned, Temple ranking 84th against the run, 83rd in rushing yards per carry. You know, uh, when I look closer at this game, it, re- it will reveal – if uh, strength of schedule had a lot to do with that, because there are a lot of good offenses in the American athletic. Um, so definitely going to dig deeper on this game. And uh, I will most likely have a play. Uh, it might be a very small play, nothing, no strong leans in this game. Next, we're heading on over to the Bahamas bowl. Uh, I will be at this game. Just kidding. I uh, wish I was uh, the location and weather looks pretty perfect. Uh, 80 degrees really no wind. Uh, you know, a lot of times you could get rain and wind in the Bahamas, but uh, not for this game. And uh, we have the Sun Belt going up against the MAC with the UAB versus Ohio. Uh, the Sun Belt was actually 4-0 the last two years in bowl games against the MAC. Uh, Troy beat Ohio last year while App- Appalachian State beat Toledo. And there have been some pretty good games between these two conferences. The Sun Belt's actually... Tw- the Sun Belt is actually 20 and 16 since 2010 versus the MAC. The MAC, of course, is a conference that gets more media attention during the season with their matchin games. But overall, I think the Sun Belt is better with players from the South. And uh, 
So I was a little surprised to see Ohio as a seven and a half point favorite, but as we dig deeper and, and I'll, I'll get to it under the X's and O's, it makes a lot of sense why they are uh, coaching and motivation. UAB, I mean, listen, they took two years off from football and now they're in a bowl game with eight wins. Bill Clark done an amazing job. He was on all types of uh, coach of the year honors. Uh, and uh, I, th- I believe he's retiring after, after this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I can't see any reason why these players wouldn't be excited to win another game for Bill Clark. Ohio, Frank Solich, Solich one of the better coaches, more consistent coaches in the nation. Um, but again, when preparing for big games at Ohio uh, with extra rest, he has not done that well. Uh, just two and eight bowl games dating back to Nebraska time. They have lost the last two years in bowl games against the Sun Belt. Um, but again, they're seven and a half point favorites here. Uh, maybe maybe they match up better here. And uh, that's what we're looking at, X's and O's. Um, UAB's offense, pretty much all about the run. Uh, they run the ball 60% of the time. They rank 37th in rushing yards per game, so they're good at it. Uh, and they rank 106th in passing yards. So really, the focal point of this offense is running the ball and you know they're going to be challenged in this game because Ohio's defense strengths are against the run they rank 11th first the run uh, and have a glaring weakness against the pass 110th it'll be interesting to see if UAB puts the game plan together to attack that weakness of Ohio or if they're going to be very stubborn and, and just run the ball you know I'll be looking I'll be going back to look at each game to see what kind of strategy Bill Clark had in uh, similar matchups because I do think that they will struggle to run the ball against Ohio, very good against the run. Uh, will they be able to pass the ball in this game to uh, win the game or, or cover the spread? And when we look at Ohio, look, it's, it's, it's like looking in a mirror for Ohio. Their offense, very similar to UAB, and the fact that they rank uh, their very one-dimensional ranking, 17th running the ball, 95th passing. Uh, they rank 27th in rushing play percentage at 61%, ironically just one spot ahead of UAB who ranked 28th. So again, from a game plan perspective, these two teams are identical on offense. And uh, Ohio has an edge as uh, UAB's defensive strength is against the pass, not the run. They rank 22nd against the pass, 73rd against the run. Uh, and, and looking deeper at the run, they ranked 81st, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. So again, I'll have to I'll have to go back and look at the strength of schedule and the types of teams that these two have played all year. Uh, a brief lean towards UAB initially, and, and you know I thought there would be an opportunity to take them maybe on the money line. After looking at these matchups, I see no way to take them on the money line, but uh, still a possibility of uh, a plus seven and a half play. Uh, there might just be too much value there, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have to dig deeper on that. I am a little concerned about the strength of schedule that UAB faced. Uh, and Ohio's strengths uh, matching up very well here against UAB's weaknesses. So uh, definitely uh, an interesting game from the Bahamas. Uh, The last game we're breaking down today, um, while I still have a voice, is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, between Central Michigan and Wyoming. Uh, This game is being played in Idaho. Uh, Weather should be cold, and this game should have over 10-mile-per-hour winds, it looks like. Nothing these these two teams aren't used to um, in terms of the cold. Elevation would be the big factor here. Central Michigan not used to playing in elevation. Wyoming is. Um, they, they've been uh, here for a few days and overall, and I don't anticipate elevation playing a factor here. 
Number one, it's cold. Number two, uh, they've been been here a few days. And number three, both teams don't play like a fast-paced offense. So elevation, leaning towards Wyoming is not a big edge, maybe not even worth a point in this game. So uh, you'll hear a lot of handicappers talk about the elevation in this game. I really don't think it's a factor. Um, You know, and this is coming from a runner. I I know – a lot about elevation, running in elevation, and the benefits of training in elevation, coming back down out of elevation, and, and the impact. I don't think it has an impact in this game whatsoever. Not worried about it, uh, to say the least. Conferences. Uh, we have the MAC versus the Mountain West. Uh, you know, the Mountain West already had a strong showing in the bowl games with a victory over the Pac-12 as a 7.5-point dog. And uh, since 2010, these conferences have been basically even uh, the Mac going 12 and 14, uh, being outscored by just 1.9 points per game. Um, so overall, I, I don't think that there's a significant advantage uh, here. Um, I think if anything, the Mountain West probably has some better teams at the top, um, uh, where the Mac maybe has more like good to average teams. Uh, when we're looking at the coaching here. Um, I mean, Wyoming's Craig Bowl is, is doing some good things at Wyoming with the with the, the second year in a row with the Bowl parents last year. Bowl, a ton of success, as we know, three national titles in FCS when he was at North Dakota State. Uh, last year, they lost a close one in the bowl game against BYU and the Poinsettia Bowl. Um, but really, this is a different Wyoming team. Obviously, the story of this team has been the defense that has carried them uh, their defensive coordinator, Scotty Hazleton, in his first year, uh, former Jaguars defensive coach. Uh, I mean, this defense has been crazy good. I really want to look back at some of their games against stronger opponents uh, to see, you know, if there are any weaknesses for Central Michigan to take advantage of. Because originally, I had lean Central Michigan. This line is actually opened at pick and has moved to three in favor of Wyoming, which makes me believe that uh, – uh, people believe that Wyoming's defense is going to shut down Central Michigan uh, because their offense is really bad. Uh, looking at the X's and O's, let's look at Wyoming offense. Beyond awful this year, they could not pass the ball, ranking 101st, which uh, which is surprising considering they're going to have a quarterback drafted in the first round. Uh, they could not run the ball, ranking 120th in yards uh, per game. Their offensive line ranked 124th in adjusted line yards. They have a potential first-round quarterback in Josh Allen, who is questionable for this game. Uh, if he plays, he can only hurt his stock, really. I mean, be playing behind that offensive line, playing against a good defense from Central Michigan, uh, I'm not really sure he plays. But if he does, it won't matter, just like it hasn't mattered all year. The offense will be going up against a, a pretty good defense, as I mentioned, in Central Michigan, who ranked 22nd in yards per play allowed. Their strength was against the pass, ranking 23rd in passing yards allowed. Very good secondary. So, again, Josh Allen, in my opinion, really nothing to gain from playing in this game. Uh, Central Michigan's offense, pretty one-dimensional. They ranked 48th in passing yards, 92nd in rushing yards, but clearly better than what Wyoming's offense did. So, edge to Central Michigan there. Uh, They will have a tough task going against this Wyoming defense, whose strength is against the pass. Wyoming ranks 12th in yards per play allowed. Uh, but it's their pass defense ranking fifth in yards allowed. Uh, a deeper look will either reveal that they were, you know, not were, were that good or that they really didn't play many opponents that could pass the ball. And we know Central Michigan can pass. They have a couple of receivers 
that are very good. So a deeper look at that will reveal whether or not I'll go uh, and bet on Central Michigan. No way I'm betting on Wyoming. I would lean towards the dog right now, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see a line, uh, another line move going the other way. You know, again, I'll be digging into this game more because I also think that the under has some value. Uh, that wraps up today's show. Uh, sorry that it's a short podcast. Uh, I mean, it still lasted 25 minutes as I broke down the next four bowl games. Uh, we'll get to Saturday's bowl games and uh, we'll get you deep into the holidays on our next podcast on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate you guys listening. And as I mentioned, uh, make sure you try to pick up the bowl package, fifty nine ninety nine, guaranteed or your money back. If I don't profit, I, I refund your money. Uh, you know, I'm playing these games too. Um, so I'm not just taking your money. I want to win. Um, I've done it seven out of eight years and uh, a ton of success documented uh, plays released one minute after the game starts. So you can go check out my records. There's no bullshit there. Um, a lot of you guys have been listening to me a while and, and, and you know what I'm all about. So uh, I don't have to uh, talk about that too much. But again, I appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll be uh, doing another podcast later in the week. All right, take care. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks newsletter, free at freddywills.com.